Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It might have been scoreless in the Champions League, but there is still much to talk about in this week's Gagenpod. David Wiener with you to pour through Liverpool, Bayern, Lyon, Barcelona and all the Champions League action. And we'll see where else the world of football takes us as usual today. Michael Bridges, welcome. How are you? How are you holding up after a nice early morning start? It was a good early morning, Champions League football. We didn't see the goals we anticipated or thought we should have seen, but it was a, a cracking game of football to watch um, the Liverpool buying game and um, we're going to divulge into that a little bit more. We will indeed. David Squires, welcome back to the Gagan Pod. Great to see you again. You've been very busy. It's great to be here. Thank you. Although I have just found out that there's a Gagan Pod group chat that I'm not part of. So <laughs> uh, I'm about to storm out. Awkward. I'm not involved either. I don't know what that means for the future of this podcast. <laughs> so that's a problem. Um, now make sure you've got your phone off today, Dave, because I want to actor with 11.5 million uh, fans on Twitter, Russell Brand, endorses your book this morning. Uh, you must be getting a fair few notifications. I'm just anxious that I've made a few jokes about Russell Brand in that <laughs> book. And he's going to find them, and then he's going to set those 11.2 million people on me. <laughs> Look out, you've got enough time to correct that. Um, Mel McLaughlin, welcome back. Great to see you. Great to see all of you, as usual. And it's a, it was a World Cup old chat, Dave, so don't worry, the, the group chat. So we'll, we'll delete it, we'll get rid of it. How, how, was, your, how was your weekend at the Big Bash? It was very massive. It was busy. I was in um, Hobart for the semi-final on the Thursday and then the final on Sunday for one of the all-time greatest chokes I think you've ever seen. The stars just blew it um, at Docklands and a big win for the Renegades. So first time it was a Melbourne derby, blah, blah, blah. Mm. None of you care, but it was great. Well, football fix here yeah. now. So we're I was, back. I was actually just getting into talking about it. Why was I going to do that? I don't know. <laughs> Straight on the narrow bridge. <laughs> Nil all today. Um, a really intriguing game despite the lack of goals. Uh, who is the happier heading into the return league? Oh, well, I think it's got to be buying because they are going back to their, their home ground. And Liverpool's away record in this Champions League has been nothing short of disgusting, to be fair. The home form has got them through. I thought they might have got a goal today. They didn't, so it's definitely buying with the upper hand. And what I really admired about Bayern Munich this morning, Anfield, when they were singing the song, the crowd, the aura about the stadium, we, it, it's deafening. Um, we had we admired the fans singing, you never walk alone. And I thought they would have made a massive impact in this game and help the team through. And Bayern just played this possession-based game. They absolutely nullified and bored the life out of, um, I'd say, Liverpool in the first 15 minutes. And then you could hear the fans absolutely just sink into their seats and the, the nerves became back. And I thought it was a very good tactic by Bayern Munich. Uh, Liverpool will be looking at the chances and they'll they'll feel very hard done by. I think when Klopp does the analysis, they've just got to look at the positives because there was a lot of chances and it was the small margins the mistime passes, the snatch shots, that really cost them. And Marnie should have had the the goal in the first half. And I think if Liverpool had brought them down, they could have gone and get one or two and they didn't. So Bayern Munich with the upper hand going into this. Well, our eyes and ears on the ground was Socceroos legend Mark Schwarzer. And once again, he's on the line for us today. Schwarzy, how are you? And have you warmed up from those outrageous conditions at Anfield? Yeah, I certainly have warmed up. Um, a lot better now. Uh, indoors, thankfully, out of the rain. Um, yeah, listen exciting game listen to you guys just talking about there it, it, it was 
an intriguing game. Um, it wasn't the best performance by Liverpool by any means. Um, a little bit disappointing at times, but I thought Bayern were excellent. The way they nullified them, the way they set up tactically, I thought they were very, very good. Uh, the only thing they didn't have really was that that killer punch going forward. Um, with a player like Lewandowski, you would have thought that maybe um, they would have asked more questions with the board defence, particularly Matic playing. Um, for you know, Fabinho on the back, um, who I thought was excellent for them. Um, so yeah, that was the one thing. But you know, we were talking about it after the game. And Bridget, this is an interesting one. You know, if you play a European game first leg and you draw nil nil at home, I'd rather draw nil nil at home than win say two one going into a return leg. Because, you know, you score an away goal, it's massive. Is there a thought then that Liverpool, who was sort of, they take that result, it was a little bit a steady professional, and they know they've got in their kit bag that sort of blitz that they had uh, that got them all the way through to the final last year. Is that kind of what, if you were Klopp, you'd be encouraging the team to do when they go to Munich? Yeah, you know what? I, I think the game will actually suit uh, Liverpool more when they go away from home. I mean, I know the results haven't been good. I mean, they're really bad this season in terms of away games in the Champions League. However, I still think that this Liverpool team is set up better to play away from home when it comes to European football. Um, Bayern's going to have to come at them. Um, they'll open up a bit more. And um, Bayern have considered a lot of goals this season. They haven't been as, as defensively solid as what we're used to seeing. I think you know Van Dijk will be back in the side for, for Liverpool. Um, so I, I, I think the game is evenly poised. And um, Liverpool, you know, they've got to fancy their chances. You know, with the strike force that they have, um, I think, you know, they've got every chance to go to, to, to Munich and, and uh, get the result they need to get, you know, progress through the, the competition. Do you think they will? And I just want to pick up on something you mentioned in the coverage, which was that the atmosphere at Anfield were full of so many famous nights, but it was a little bit more anxious today. Do you think they think they can go on and get that result? Um, you know, there's a... You know, Liverpool's a funny one. You know, Liverpool, the, 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 the anticipation, the expectation, the pressure that is around this team is enormous. Um, and, you know, I think that last season's success came out of, out, of, out of the blue, I have to say. You know, I don't think anyone really expected Liverpool to go all the way to the Champions League final last season. Um, and there were moments in that game in the final where they could have won it, but they didn't. And I think now the pressure's mounting even more because they haven't won a league title in 29 years. They're top of the table, or sorry, very, you know, they're top of the table a couple of points uh, from, you know, ahead of Manchester City. They're in a position where I still think they're in a very dual position to progress through the Champions League. And the pressure's just getting greater and greater. Klopp hasn't won a trophy since he's been at the club yet. They've spent a lot, a lot of money. And the team has developed and has gotten a lot better, but they haven't delivered yet. So I just think that players are slightly starting to feel the pressure, as are the fans. Well, Schwartzy, that was pretty much what I was going to touch on with you. What is the uh, feeling, I guess, the um, like you said, the pressure's building, the nerves are, are building as well. Um, there's no Premier League title, which, you know, Liverpool, if they want to have that kind of credibility, they're going to have to, they're going to, have to do it at some stage. Um, and this is their best chance, you, you'd imagine. But what is the talk in and around the area uh, in terms of, you know, Liverpool having a bit of a wobble, for want of a better term, at the moment? I, I don't think, you know, like if you talk about, say, a month ago, you know, six weeks ago, I think pretty much every Liverpool fan has been thinking, right, this is, this, is our, this is our time. This is our season. This is where we're going to win the league and we have the best opportunity there is now and we're going to, we're going to create this massive gap between us and, and Manchester City. Um, but they didn't. They didn't, they didn't capitalise on the opportunity that was there. 
and I, I've got this feeling, and looking at Manchester City, let, let's be honest, there isn't a squad in, in, in Europe that has a, as good a squad for man for man, like we're talking 23, 24 players, like Man City. Um, and I, I can see Man City, actually, I can see Man City getting a bit of a breather in it and, and winning the league in the end pretty comfortably. Therefore, then it all becomes the pressure is then what do Liverpool have not left to play for? Yes, standard. You need to qualify for Champions League. Then you look at the next season. Then you look at then, okay, are they still in Champions League position? Are they still in Champions League competition? How far have they progressed? Could it be another season where Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool go without winning any silverware whatsoever? And I think then the pressure will start to mount even more because the fans will start to get a bit restless. They'll go, yeah, we've played fantastic football. We've played really attractive football. We've had some brilliant plays in this club, but we're still not delivering uh, silverware. And ultimately, that's how they're all going to be judged. Schwartz, uh, Dave Squires here. Um, this is my sort of one non-jokey comment of the podcast, so, <laughs> so make the most of it. Uh, as a goalkeeper, try. What, what did you think of uh, Manuel Neuer's performance today? There were a few times where he seemed that he wasn't sure whether to... He seemed that he wanted to pass it out to the to, to the wings to, to build from the back, and there was one point where he sort of became frustrated by the the, um, the high press of, of Liverpool and started knocking it long. What, what did you make of him today? You know, I, I actually thought it was one of his better performances. Um, you know, there was a couple of times he gave the ball away, but he gave the ball away in in okay positions. Like you know, he, he gave one time when the you know, he played a ball down through the middle and it went straight to Liverpool. And they had a little bit of an, an attack. However, it was in a, in a relatively safe area. If you're going to give it away, give it away in a bad pass towards the halfway line. Um, and I think that, you know, again, we talk about pressure. We talk about the pressure on Liverpool um, and Jurgen Klopp and delivering. That's enormous. But the pressure that's been on Manuel Neuer since the World Cup is just been out of this world. You know, he, he he set the bar. He raised the bar and he set the bar in terms of what we expect from a goalkeeper these days at the very, very top. And, and he he was miles ahead of everyone else. Since his injury, he hasn't quite, he hasn't got to that those levels anymore. And I thought tonight he was really confident with the ball at his feet. Yeah, at times he got a bit frustrated. So that's only natural. You're going to have the ball as, as, as often as they did. You want to try and play it out the back on every occasion. Therefore, you're going to make mistakes. But I didn't think he made too many. And like I said, he didn't make them in bad areas. At the other end, I thought Allison actually almost cost them. And he gave the ball away at times where he held onto the ball too long. Then he also put his own players under a lot of pressure and they lost the ball. So they, they, they actually got away with it a couple of times in the first sort of 20 minutes. Allison was living extremely dangerously. Um, so yeah, I, 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 I was pretty impressed with the way that uh, that Neuer played, and it seemed to be a bit of air of confidence about him of, of yesteryear. Mark, tomorrow the travels continue because uh, well we've got Atletico versus Juve and Manchester City versus Schalke. That one's in Germany. Um, you're off to the, the big game uh, in Spain. Um, massive game between sort of the two bridesmaids of recent years, the teams that Real Madrid has dominated. Who is this tie bigger for tomorrow? What are you expecting? Um, I think the pressure is definitely more on Juventus. Um, you know, the signing of Ronaldo kind of broke the mould in terms of how Juventus operate, in terms of spending money. They've, they've been they've been the experts of bringing in free transfers. They've done it again with with um, Aaron Ramsey from Arsenal. Um, but last season they brought in they brought in Cristiano Ronaldo, and we all know obviously it was close to 100 million pounds. It was you know if you talk about salary 
it's incredible. Um, and the questions are, how are they able to do it? Now it's a case of they also need to deliver. Domestically, they kind of have, have that sewn up. Um, it's kind of become a one-horse race uh, in, in, in Italy. Uh, but it's internationally, it's, it's winning the Champions League and they haven't done that for a little while now. Um, and they hope that with having someone like Ronaldo in your side and you have to, you can't wipe them off. They've, they've definitely become more dangerous, more formidable. They've, they look like a side that uh, are poised to win it. Um, you look at you look at Real Madrid, they've just been incredibly inconsistent. Barcelona don't seem to be firing on all cylinders. Um, you know, I think... It's a really tightly contested competition that, that the Champions League is turning into be. Mark, before we let you go, we're going to touch on uh, Chelsea a little bit later in the podcast, but as a, a former player there, I'd just love to get your thoughts on whether or not you think Mauricio Sarri has got much time left at the club and whether the dressing room will still be on board heading into this weekend's cup final against Manchester City. Yeah, I mean, you know what? It's, it's, I think it's a really, really... Uh, delicately poised situation at the moment. I mean, you, you look at the performance against Manchester United in the FA Cup uh, on Monday night, Tuesday morning, your time. Um, it, it looked like a team that, again, just looked completely at, uh, at ends meet in terms of how they're supposed to play. You know, what are the instructions? Not fully understanding what they need to do. Um, and if they go into the game against Manchester City in, 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 in any way, shape or form like they did in the league game against them and then also against it, Manchester United, then they're in for another, another, uh, I think, embarrassing uh, result. Manchester City are formidable. You have to be spot on. You have to be organised. You have to be all playing and singing for the same hymn sheet as they all, hymn sheet as they all say. And um, I, I fear for them. I, I really do. I, I just think that confidence is at an all-time low. The only thing is, history has shown us that Chelsea... You know, uh, against popular belief, they they still do tend to hold on to their managers probably longer than 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 uh, than uh, people give it credit for. And, and I think that they have been reasonably patient with people like Mourinho and Conte over the last couple of years. Sorry, I just don't know. I don't think they're going to be as patient with him. Interesting. We shall see. Now, and I should have added, of course, before the cup final is the the small business, well, they're not the small business of Malmo, the return leg at Stamford Bridge as well. You'd think if he doesn't get through that, well, he might not even be there on Sunday. Um, Schwartzy, thanks very much for your time. Enjoy being out and about tonight. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on our screens on Thursday morning. Cheers, guys. Enjoy. Now, guys, the other result this morning was Barcelona's nil-all draw with Lyon in Lyon. It was a tremendous performance by Lyon. It was actually a great game. I can't believe there were no goals across both of these games. But Bridgie, the thing about this was Luis Suarez's scoring drought. He's now, I know you thought I said 24, uh, 24 hours and I'd lost the plot on air this morning, but it's 24 hours of match time. He has not scored away from, got, away from home in the Champions League. There's a few concerns about him. Is he going to get back to his best? There is big concerns. And what I look at, Dave, I look at the player stats and the goals that they have scored from season after season. And if you have a look at Suarez's stats, they are going down dramatically every season. They're not going up. His goal drought is starting to come. And one goal in 15 games in Champions League is not good enough. I watched the game in the La Liga fixture when Messi missed the penalty. I can't mm-hmm. think who they were playing. They won 1-0. And I witnessed Suarez squander chance after chance after chance. And yet again, this morning against Leon, it was the same thing. And... He's in a world of hurt at the moment because Messi is producing everything, but you can't just rely on one man because Coutinho and Suarez are really struggling. Mm. And Suarez, he's not finished. He's a he's a world-class striker, but the confidence level and the things I witnessed him do, snatching chances, he just looks so 
unconfident and uneasy in front of goal now. As a striker, I was going to ask you, like, how do you cope when you're going through a, a, a spell like that? Because when I'm playing futsal on a Wednesday night, <laughs> the um, Wednesday evening mixed competition for the, <laughs> for the Sydney City bin chickens, I once went two games without scoring and uh, my confidence was shot. So. <laughs> How, how do you? This is a hypothetical, by the way, isn't it, Dave? To Bridgie, Dave, I would, yeah. lo- I would love to say I've never been in that situation. That would be the biggest lie because I've had many a goal drought in my time, and there is nothing worse as a striker. You find yourself trying to do things that you would not normally do. You go from areas of the field, and I'm talking about inside that six-yard box of the penalty area where you're meant to score the goals, and you're drifting into wide areas or you're dropping deep to get the ball to feel like you want to do something in the game, and you try too hard and you snatch at chances and you just don't feel comfortable. And some, It sounds terrible. Sometimes when you were going through that goal drought, you do not actually want to get the ball because you've, you're that unconfident. And I saw Suarez miss kick a ball in front of goal and I thought, if he can do it, now I don't feel as bad from my career and past <laughs> hundred shanks that I used to do. But it's a tough situation. You just need something to go in off your backside or your shoulder in an accident just to get the confidence back. And he's he's really struggling. When, you're sort of, when the goals aren't going in, you're, you're not hitting the target, you find yourself... Straying away from comfortable yeah. areas, like you find yourself asking Mark Schwartz the questions about goalkeeping, you've got no right to be there. And then, then here you are. Yeah, I can relate to that. Uh, Boateng came in on the weekend for them. He was there signing to try and um, add another layer of depth behind Suarez, but he's been panned for that performance. So it is pretty much Luis Suarez or else. So he'll have to dig himself out of that hole for Barcelona to kick on. And an interesting month ahead because not only do they have this return leg, they've got Sevilla in the league, and they've got two Clasicos, the return leg of the Copa del Rey and the league fixture. So very interesting to see what the tone around the club is in a couple of weeks' time. All right, everyone, it's time to finish this sentence. Right, EO, then give us an answer. The rumour that Saudi Sheik Salman wants to buy Manchester United makes you feel? <laughs> um, conflicted-ish. So not really. I feel like I'm supposed to. So, you know, years ago it would have been, no, we, we don't sell out. But obviously that's kind of, that ship has sailed. Um, <laughs> staggering the money that we're talking. Uh, I think he's, what is it, seven... Billion. Yeah, he's worth it. He's just a tick under seven billion and, Aussie dollars. And his uh, counterparts, I think, uh, over, well, I say counterpart, but over in uh, Man City, what is that, 20 billion? But then this guy's family's got about something trillion billion, something stupid. It's obscene. Let's he, put it that he, way. He actually found that money in his car ashtray. Now, I have little, <laughs> I have $1 coins and $2 coins in there for the for my parking. Yeah. This guy's just having to found seven billion. He thought, I'll get Man United. Yeah, what? just for laughs. Um, yeah, conflicted-ish because, you know, the world has changed, like it or not. Talk about this squad that City has just up the road. So, um, yeah, you, you wouldn't say no, would you? I, you would come on. No, I would. Say, I'd say no. I would. Mm. You know, like, um, I think. I think it's. I mean, he's ahead of a murderous regime. Let's, oh God. let's be honest about it. Right. <laughs> I'm going to make you feel really bad yeah. now, Mel. Um, oh, morally, it's wrong. Yeah. Morally, you're. <laughs> well, the Manchester derby Bankrupt. could become Saudi versus UAE or Salman versus Mansoor. It's a soft power uh, publicity play. I would hope that it would. If it happened that Old Trafford would be empty and that not a single fan would, would turn up for it because there's a there's a price on this stuff. Yeah. And it's um, legitimising a regime that kills people. Like um, the journalist I, I, only a few weeks ago um, 
And by people like him being involved in a club like Manchester United, it legitimises their regime. It's like a um, just an advertising, a a marketing Mm. product for them. So I would hope that Old Trafford will be empty. In reality, that's not how football works, I know. So when um, the owners at Manchester City came in, they were greeted with open arms and um, the the guy who was there before him, um, Thaksin Shinawat, he was responsible for the deaths of thousands of people under his um, war on drugs regime. It's just the kind of light-hearted content that you were you were looking for. No, you got me in. But, um, no, but, but I know right. how football you're works, right, Dave. and that football fans are, um, and myself included, um, uh, sort of desperate to see their team win and compete. And some people are able to uh, separate that from from thinking too deeply about who runs their football club. But if the Saudi prince wanted to come and buy the club that I support in the highly unlikely event that that (laughs) happens, um, I'd call it a day. I think I'd... That would be it for me. And sorry. Further sorry to that, no, you're no, you're right. And further to that, in terms of just watching what your team's doing, the club Man United's been, you know, in trouble for years now. So, as as a fan, just in terms of football, you, I, I know I've been excited just to see the turnaround now and just see it's a long, hard slog, but just see if we can get back up there with a squad full of talent as it is. Um, so, yeah, in all seriousness, it would be nice to just see w- where things go as it stands as a football club. Yeah, that's right. You, you look at the the soft power. There's an excellent book, uh, I think it's called The Billionaires Club by James Montague, which talks about how all the big regimes like that are looking to invest into clubs almost as mm. soft marketing. It's the same with Paris Saint-Germain, um, it, Chelsea to a certain extent as well. Um, and I, I can understand the conflict because you just want to keep up with the Jones and have as much money as you can to buy the best players as yeah. you can. But there is what is the price on that. So I believe the denials coming out of Saudi Arabia as much as I re- believe every fact in the report. So I don't really know what to believe, no. if you know what I mean. But yeah, watch well this put. space. Okay, Sancho, Clivert. Bappe, Zaniolo, De Jong, Foden, Vinicius Jr. My favourite youngster in world football is uh, Mbappe. I love watching him. What he? Did, sorry again, Mel. I'm going to break your heart again here, but what he did against Manchester United last week was phenomenal, yep. and his goal at the weekend as well. His first time volley, and what he does regularly for for PSG is great. And he's only twenty. I, I think that you know you, you look back and think about what you're doing when you were twenty. Um, I mean, I'm in a room full of high achievers. What what I mean is, what I <laughs> was really. doing at 20, I wasn't scoring volleys and burning past Manchester United centre-halves. So. I would have said Mbappe as well, to be fair. <laughs> we're very lucky that we're watching almost the beginning of another extraordinary career happen before our eyes. And you could almost compare it to tennis with like everyone going, what's going to happen after Roger, Federer, Federer, <laughs> Nadal, etc. and go is the next generation going to produce someone to go to those heights? And we might be seeing that right now with Mbappe, where the rest of that field shows we've got some exciting times ahead of us in terms of watching it go about. But can Mbappe reach those heights that and almost go beyond Messi and Ronaldo? I think if he does not get injury, injuries and he looks after himself, there is no doubt about we are just seeing something special unfold. And you know, I, I see myself blessed to have played the game that I grew up loving and became a professional footballer. I also feel blessed that I've witnessed Ronaldo and Messi, and I've Mm. been able to watch them. Probably two of the best players in world football. Uh, My dad used to go on about Pele, and then I've just caught the end of Maradona. 
you know, seeing these guys regular, it's just absolutely phenomenal. I think Mbappe is going to be the guy that could go on to surpass everything that they have done if he continues, because even the way he handles himself at a World Cup at the age of 18, the way he handled himself in the Manchester United game when all eyes were on him, Cavani's out, Neymar's out. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Didn't feel pressure. And the way he interviews, his, the way mm. he talks off the field, the mm. things that he, he does. I mean, he puts um, he put money into um, the... Oh, when they were trying to find the body of the yes, pilot that Salah. went down yes. with the Salah incident. I mean, for a man a man of his age, I just think it's absolutely incredible what he can do. And I, I look forward to watching him. And the, the other one behind him is that uh, De Jong, yeah. the captain, and playing for Holland. I, I think he's got a very, very bright future ahead of him as well and could be another guy that goes on to have a career like Koeman did for Holland. So, um, yeah, we're very, very blessed. Yeah, exciting times. We're very blessed to be watching these guys on the Champions League uh, right here on Sport as well. Okay. $362,000, that fine for Leeds United's Spygate, and I put that in inverted commas, Spygate is disgrace. Absolute shambles. Now, I don't like to go on a rant. I know I talk a lot. I can talk underwater. What did you look at me for? Sorry, Mel, because your, your rant last week with the Matilda I thought was fantastic. This has been an absolute joke. The EFL, who have had no right to come up with this, it's not even a rule. They've twisted the rules to say that it is unsportsman conduct. Mm. From a man that has come from, in Bielsa, that's come from a, a, another league where culturally it is allowed. And he has openly said, we do this on our other teams to have a look. And there's been that much pressure put on from a lot of pundits and people in the media in the UK saying there should be a points deduction for Leeds United. What a load of rubbish. I've been at training grounds and I've seen people witness my training sessions from set players, whether it's journalists or scouts. And I just think the EFL yet again have gone out to get Leeds United uh, and, and have a go at them for absolutely nothing. So what they've done now, they've le- left themselves wide open the EFL. If it's classes on sportsmanlike conduct, I witnessed a game on Wednesday night, it was Doncaster. There was a penalty decision given because of a handball and the player went down holding his face to try and con the referee. So, that's cheating. Is the player going to get fined? Is the club going to get fined for what they've done now? Leeds United have been fined this amount of money when it was, they had nothing to do with, they had no knowledge of this. Bielsa went and did his own research and got his own man to go and witness it. So, if anybody was going to get fined, it should have been Bielsa. But he hasn't actually done anything wrong. And I just find it absolutely disgusting. I think the EFL after witnessing things that they've done to Leeds in the past and how they've tried to do it, yet again they've gone out and they've gone and made up a whole new rule and I'm, um, yeah, disgusted, thank you. The language actually That's used right. in the release is the breach of acting in good faith. So they've actually fined them for something that is basically an, a kind of, uh, the cynic in, on social media would say, it's a twist, finding it twisted for not rule. doing. It's a twisted rule. Or find, finding for not doing what English people don't do. It's a cultural difference. Thank you very much. And now they've left themselves wide open because there is going to be so many things happen now towards the end of the season. And the Leeds media um, release was fantastic. If um, you get a chance to have a look at it and read it, you will see that there was a lot of little mentions in there 
where they're not going to get themselves in trouble, but they have absolutely destroyed the EFL and the people that have come up with this rule. Okay, before we touch on Alexis Sanchez's form in the Premier League, we're just going to play Ole Gunnar thoughts on the star man that he inherited when he took over the club. You know that bottle of ketchup when it never that it never comes, but uh, when you when it suddenly comes, loads, yeah. But it's but you're right. <laughs> you, you can you can do it simpler to be fair. But uh, when it comes, it comes. Okay, in the unwanted pantheon of expensive flops, and you get the sense the Solskjaer might think that Sanchez fits in it. And we're talking Shevchenko, Torres, etc., etc. Alexa Sanchez is. Oh, the, mm, one word. Uh, um, uh, I, you can't say overrated anymore, can you? It, he is disappointing. So sad? Go with that. Is it? Is it sad? I don't think he. What is what sad? The, his yeah. demise. Uh well, it can't be on that I money. Don't I suppose. Feel sad if that's what you're asking. But uh, well, yeah, maybe because he's, he's even what his contribution at Arsenal was. It was next level, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, you know, for his for his national side as well, he's a really exciting player. And I, I was excited. I, you know. United fans were excited to see him and what he was capable of. And, yeah, you're right, he hasn't produced. The numbers are not the same, but apparently he's not necessarily the most popular in the dressing room. He wasn't um, at Arsenal and he's not here, hasn't necessarily fit in. I don't know if that's um, if that's relevant, but of, often it can be. But, it, yeah, he's not producing on the park. So, yeah, I don't know. It's very, it's very disappointing to see because uh, it, it was such an exciting attacking prospect for United. The sauce bottle... Analogy made me. I immediately thought of Central Coast Mariners in the <laughs> yes. home stadium. And that could be the Sanchez marquee player. They should pick up. Move. Yeah. yeah. The other so. thing I got from that, Dave, is that Solskjaer hasn't found the new squirty bottles. No, they're a lot easier than them ones you got to tap on the backside to get the sauce yes. out of. So um, he's, he's still old school, shop. isn't he? He's very yeah. old school. Still old school. Or he's going to the posh shops where they still sell the glass bottles. <laughs> even even Sanchez himself, so he actually gets sad by what he's not been able to bring the joy to Manchester United fans. Massive game this weekend, Mel against Liverpool. Um, how are you feeling ahead of that game? We saw a bounce back against Chelsea. Was that enough for you? Or, uh, or no. are you looking for something else this week from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer as he continues to audition? Well, you can't relax, can you? Because the challenges have gotten bigger and bigger. And, you know, United had that incredible unbeaten run under him. But obviously the big test was, you know, Champions League and got absolutely schooled there. Wake up call. Whether it shows a golfing class remains to be seen because you still have to remember the, the quality in the squad. Obviously um, lost some key players as well. Um, that you would expect you would expect that, that win against Chelsea, but Liverpool I think both sides are extremely nervous about this one. Um, because a few months ago it would have been I would have been thinking, oh no, it's gonna be Liverpool. But you don't it's obviously not a given anymore. But uh Liverpool have got their own um, point to prove at the moment. Too. Oh my goodness, the stakes are high. Monday morning one AM Eastern. Oh. Set your alarms. Yep. S- such a monumental game. Finish off now with Ante Milicic as Matilda's coach for the World Cup mm. is I don't have a word. I uh, is <sighs> Don't know, do we? Um, he's a. He will know that you know the comments that have come out are to do with. Uh, they're not personal to him. He's a. He's a lovely man. He's a very good man, um, and he's done a lot in football so far in terms of you know assistant to Ange. He's been in and around the national setup, assistant at the Wanderers, um, and people definitely looking for him to get his opportunity. No experience in the women's game. Um, we have to call it the women's game, don't we? Um, 
which we'll see what happens. He's obviously going to have to have a lot of people around him. Uh, we, we wish him well. We want th- There's just an empty feeling, though, um, because of what's happened. However, we certainly wish him well. We wish the Matildas the best of luck. They're going to get their acts together really quickly and, and be all, they'll all be focused. They're professionals. Uh, we want them to succeed, and, and um, I've no doubt there'll be something good coming with the World Cup just purely because of the squad that they have and how good that they how good they've been. But we don't know, do we? It's a it's it's a big unknown at the moment. Massive games coming up as they prepare. But off back a W League final on the weekend. What were your thoughts on that one as, as Sydney FC prevailed with um, some wonder goals, including mm. from Chloe Lagazzo. If you haven't seen it on Optus, we've got a fabulous feature on her where she talks about her journey um, to the Matildas and how she's got there. But your thoughts on, on that game? And we love Chloe, don't we? Yeah, she's a a great girl, great player. But, yeah, it lived up to the billing. We were excited about it. Uh, we w- were promised goals and we got them 4-2. Uh, I think it was the highest scoring W League grand final. Um, and it threatened to beat to go into extra time uh, up until maybe about 10 minutes to go when you could you could feel that the mood kind of shifted. But, obviously, Sam Kerr with the hat trick going into it. It's not just – she's not – Perth Glory, not a one-man band, but I feel for them three losing grand finals in, in five years. But Sydney FC, the the squad that they've got, the depth and, and four US players as well. Caitlin Ford is is a superstar. Alana Kennedy as well, who must have some bruises that maybe she's not feeling. <laughs> that was a great battle, but, oh, by the way. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, her, her and Sam Kerr, the body on the line stuff, which she does all the time anyway. Um, and I think it's the four Americans as well. Uh, Savannah McCaskill with that double. 22-year-old not playing in uh, for the US yet, but you would imagine she's not far off. So... As I said, the quality is you know, the best of the best on show in the world. And that's what you get when you watch the W League and, and obviously the grand final. Well said. We look forward to what comes up with the Matildas in the coming weeks ahead of the World Cup. Would you rather? All right. Moving on. Dave, would you rather, as if you were Maurizio Sarri, take that 6-0 loss to City and all that spiralled into afterwards or win the League Cup trophy against City on the weekend? Can't get past the idea of being Maurizio Sarri. <laughs> <laughs> I've sort of, I've got a similar sort of dishevelled appearance, sort of generally scruffy, but uh, I don't think he would take the six 0 loss. I mean, that's even if they win the the League Cup, uh, that that really has been the the mark of of their season, and they started pretty well. You have to remember, um, but even if they win they win the League Cup, I don't think it'll be enough to. To save him. I mean, the FA Cup wasn't enough to save Conte last season. But Dave, put yourself as sorry once more. And you sat there with your cup of tea, 99 cigarettes. Yeah. And your uh, Nicorette patches. And you're looking at your trophy cabinet that is empty. You've just had a 6-0 defeat. You want that League Cup. Surely. I'm sure he wants it. But, I mean, the the 6-0 destroyed his, what was really left of his, his reputation in England. They were so, just taken apart so easily in that game. And interestingly, Chelsea in that corresponding fixture last season were also taken apart by Man City, and there was there was footage you remember of Chelsea players sort of strolling around yeah. um, and City knocking around him. But this that six nil result was just devastating. I think the writing was on the wall before that when he actually came out and said after one game, mm. "I don't know how to motivate these players." Mm. That for me just stunk of dressing room. Well, the, w- the real worry now is it's not just the tabloids, there's some really uh, high-profile and, and journalists with good reputation who are clearly getting briefed or got good uh, sources saying that the dressing room is gone and that the players basically can't deal with the over-instruction. He's trying to cram for an exam. He's trying to get them to learn this salary ball in such a short space of time. And <laughs> that 
they've had enough of it. Um, just information overload. But uh, the, the key question here, Dave, is um, how many cigarettes have you managed to jam in Maurizio's mouth in your cartoon? Oh, which, in the cartoon. Which I thought was a bazooka, <laughs> and you said it was actually in his mouth. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I not, I mean, they need to fire him because I run out of orifices I can draw <laughs> with uh, cigarettes in. So um, I've had them coming out of eyeballs, ears, you know, nostrils, so... Would you rather be Phil Foden or Jaden Sancho? And this is about an English team biding his time at a giant club or an England team who has gone abroad but has taken on the world by storm? If you're asking me, Dave, that would definitely be, I would prefer to be Sancho because he's playing regular football and the he's left Man City for a reason because he's gone there and he's gone with a purpose and he, he knows... Dortmund, he's going to get more opportunities and he's played and his game, his development, his education has gone through the roof. Phil Foden's a great player, don't get me wrong, He, but he's not going to get as much game time because City are either going to buy, he's going to play a bit part like we have seen and I just feel like Sancho, his development will go through the roof. I was thankful that I got released from Newcastle United Academy at a young age of 14 when they said, you're rubbish, they got that right and I went away and I had a be in my bonnet and I wanted to prove them wrong and I went to Sunderland and now they were bottom half of the championship didn't have anywhere near the players that I was going to get a game ahead of in Alan Shearer. And I was blessed for what happened because I went to a team that were, the squad wasn't great. Um, there was a lot of injuries came and I was in the right place at the right time. And I got my opportunity and I took it and I got a lot more game time than I would have done if I was at a Premier League club. So I think Sancho has made a great decision. I think there's a lot of other players around England should take a, a leaf out of his book and try and go somewhere else to get game time, whether it's lower divisions or abroad. It, it You you'll learn a lot quicker. Well, you'd get the sense Callum hudson Adoy would love to do that from Chelsea to Bayern Munich or wherever. But it's interesting that Jurgen Klopp has said that um, they'd love to have got Sancho, but um, Manchester City won't sell one of their hot talents to another club or another rival. So that development question within the Premier League is, is a vexed one when you're talking about big clubs there. Oh, here's a good yarn. We're still working on the quality of those, uh, of those wonderful, wonderful, wonderful sounds. Harry Kuehl. Now, this, I love this one. Harry Kill received a tweet from an Australian football fan, uh, Stephanie Williams, uh, last week. And she was venting at her frustration at the fact that uh, she was copying some abuse on Twitter because they said there's no way you can be a true Liverpool supporter because you live in Australia. And Harry replied, and he replied, could you DM me your address, please? I would like to send you a signed shirt. Hashtag, you'll never walk alone. It's nice to see that kind of stuff, Bridgie. And you know Harry well. It's always nice to see a player with a bit of personality and, and connect with the fans on social media. Yeah, he's you know we used to live next door to each other at Leeds. He was like the brother that I never had. It was a competition, and I would like to say that it was Helen Nolan, his agent, that replied, <laughs> not to give Harry the credit. Um, but it would have been Harry. You've got to get to know this man. Harry has a, an aura about him, and you've got to become one of his very close friends to get inside that circle of trust. And when you do, you'll you'll have a friendship for life. And he, he's just a great guy. And this just sums up what he is all about. Once you get to know him. I'll never forget my best mate, Richie, that lived with me when he moved down and Harry Q was next door. Big football fan. Went to Harry's house. Played a bit of computer. And then when we got back in the house, he was like, I don't like footballers, Bridgie. This is my best mate. He said, I don't ever want to see Harry ever again. I was like, what do you mean? Don't say that, Richie. He said, oh, you know, he's arrogant. He's this. I said, stay with, you're going to live with me for a while. You're going to meet Harry. You're going to see him personally. And you'll get to know Harry. And Harry and Richie speak more to this day than I do, Harry. So there you go. Once you get a friend with Harry, you're a friend for life. Very nice. What's the nicest thing a fan's done for you or, or you've been able to do for a fan? Um, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I get one, I'll tell you. Russell Brand? <laughs> yeah, no. 
I did actually, I've, got nothing. I've got nothing. I did actually. It was my father when I when I was playing at Leeds. I I got a lot more fan mail, and my dad used to send get me to sign everything that came through the mailbox and make sure I sent a picture. And a, there was a he, he wrote a letter to every one of the fans. And I just went back to Ellen Road three weeks ago, and one of the guys that I was interviewing me at Ellen Road said, "Thank you so much for this picture that signing this picture that he drew." And I'd actually put, "This is a great drone for your age." Best wishes, Michael Bridges. Thanks for support. So you forget about these things, but it was always nice to engage and give the fans something back. And yeah, I always replied. And you know what? For Stephanie, yeah, nice work, Bridgie. For Stephanie, um, I'm sure she will listen to this. No, no doubt about it. But uh, just ignore him. Steph, when they say things like you can't be a fan because you're Aussie. She probably got, growing up, I would get the, how are you a Manchester United fan? You're Aussie or you're a girl. So what do you know? So just just ignore it, mate. Don't worry about it. In fact, arguably more committed than the rest because of the, uh, the middle of the night that we have to commit to, to The alarm to clocks watch back in the day. That's right. Yeah, exactly. True. Exactly. One nice one off the back of that is Peter Cech went out uh, with the Arsenal ladies and to celebrate a win for them that he took their team, he, he shouted their dinner. And another one that just came to mind through the week, I just thought was a really nice anecdote after Manchester City's uh, FA Cup game at Newport. Now, Raheem Sterling, who was a big part of our podcast and part of the news agenda earlier in the season because of the treatment he was copying, he, uh, he met a 14-year-old fan there who had sent him a letter asking what did he do to cope with racist treatment and he went and found him in the crowd and took him around afterwards and it's always nice to see those stories and shout them out um, because that's the other side of the game that we don't always see but here's another side of the game that we do see and uh, I'm keen to hear your reaction on it. Giggs, G-I-G-G-S, no, Rodri. I'm Rodri Giggs and I want to talk to you about loyalty. I've always lived a loyal life. Always drinking the same pub. Hey, mate, what is that you doing, mate? Not anymore, Pam. Champagne, please. That's a free plug for Paddy Power, and if you hadn't picked it up, it's Rodri Giggs, who is alluding to his brother Ryan and sort of taking the you-know-what out of uh, some scandals that he was involved in during his career. David, your reaction? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. What price do you put on your dignity? It's, like, uh, it's not something I would... Would do. I would hope I would never be in that situation, but uh, I don't know. I haven't really got a funny answer. It just makes me want to go and have a sh- long shower with my clothes on. <laughs> More likely well, to use Paddy Power or not? Uh, all of it. Well, it's a hard one because it's family, but can you say, like, it's his brother, but then Ryan Giggs, it was his brother. Yeah. So it's just very ugly. I'm sure some people got a laugh out of it, but. Yeah, dignified silence, just don't get involved. I think maybe he's so. away. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we don't have a sense of humour, Dave. I, I, no, I, I don't, don't know. Maybe don't it's know. his way of finally getting revenge or having some Well, a, it's a revenge, but that's even it. worse. It's, it's just ugly, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's almost bringing your dirty laundry out into out of the public arena it's when you weren't that. the public figure in, in it in the yeah. end. So strange stuff, same stuff. Uh, this is a great quote from Pele. I once got sent off in a game against Colombia. The decision was so unpopular with the crowd that the referee then sent himself off. I do wonder whether time has played a bit of a Chinese whispers with that quote. If there was one decision you guys could turn back in time, uh, what would it be? Is this, what, football related or uh, life in general? Actually, I've got one that, that sort of covers both. So, uh, so oh, sorry, I said I wouldn't talk about Swindon Town in this podcast. That's but, twice you know, now, Dave. Um, so, 1994, it, or, or end of 1993, it was our season in the Premier League, which went pretty well, uh, especially um, just before Christmas. There was an away game at Anfield, which Swindon drew to all, one of our, our best performances of the season. 
um, and one of the greatest games in, in Swindon's history. It was it was a big thing for us, and like Liverpool equalised in in the in the last couple of minutes. Um, so for any Swindon fan to say you were there that day was a big thing. However, I who had bit, had a season ticket and went to nearly every away game that season made the decision to instead go on a coach trip to the Bristol Beer Kelly to watch an umpire band. Uh, because there was a girl going there who I fancied <laughs> and I thought there was a chance of romance. And how do you think that ended? Well, I'm glad this has been a therapy session for you, Dave. Day. That was exactly the point. <laughs> and I haven't finished. Also, on the way back, I had a toke on what I believe the youngsters call a doob. And uh, when I got home, I passed out on my mum's landing and she wanted to phone an ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> One decision you could turn back time. There's no referee there. All of it. Terrible. I'm, I was going to have a much more boring answer. I was going to say there's one. There's only one. It's Fabio Grosso in the box on Lucas Neal. Oh, it's yeah. sliding doors. If I could turn one decision back, I'd love to know what would have happened so from you, that moment. So you would stop Lucas Neal from fouling him? Say so stop going. Don't oh. go down in the box. <laughs> I didn't get enough yes. bites. It, I thought can I we still get say too soon? <laughs> I've got two. I've got one football and one in life. Football would be the game against Besiktas when I snapped my leg and was told the career was over and everything went downhill from there. I would not have travelled with the team. That's one thing I would turn back in time. The second thing is, when you... Remember the movie came out, Basic Instinct, with Sharon Stone? Oh, my God. Where's this I'm going? going back a while. And there was five of mates. We all got around the television this night and we're like, this is, you know, we're going to see see the, the moment. And unfortunately, I had one too many cans of beer and passed out and missed the uh, missed the most amazing scene. And woke up in my mother's kitchen, being violently sick, and got um, seriously seriously told off. I didn't think anyone would come up with a worse story than mine, but I didn't think we'd be going to these. I did not intend for it to go down this this path. But Pasiktas, so you wouldn't have travelled because it was too. I just didn't want to go through that whole experience again and go through the injuries. And then I think if I'd uh, missed out on that game. The, that injury wouldn't have happened, Dave, and things could have been so much different. Interesting. interesting. This, this is an interesting quote from Thibaut Courtois in terms of things being different with Gareth Bale. I'm just going to read this out. He said, I would say he has so much talent, but that this is such a shame that so often he's, that, that talent is blocked from shining. And he goes on to talk about how I live like someone who was born and bred in Madrid. I eat late, I go to bed late, it is their way of life. And then he talks about a dinner that they wanted to go to that would have started around 10, 15 p.m., but Gareth Bale turned around and said, I need to be in bed by 11 p.m. Bridgie, isn't that not just being professional? It is being professional, Dave, but uh, also there is a, a, a culture towards your teammates that you've got to go and embrace it and you've got to get on side because some clubs I've been to have had a great culture in Leeds United. It was one out, all out, whether that was dinner or for a, a get-together, a function. Everybody was in there. That, that's where you get that winning mentality. And there was other clubs I went to at Newcastle United. It was very clicky. Some of the lads would organise a game of golf and wouldn't invite others. Some would go for dinners and wouldn't invite others. And it just creates disharmony and dysfunction. And if Gareth Bale's doing this, obviously his teammates aren't going to embrace him for much longer. And it won't go down very well. It's almost a sign of if, if he's been there for that long and he hasn't integrated by now. It's yeah, kind you've got to get in the culture. I can understand the first six months Jonathan Woodgate went to Real Madrid. He really struggled to get the late nights, the late dinners. Um, Gareth Bale's been there what now five six years You've, it's, no it's wrong I, 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 I'm a big big fan of him but when I when I was reading this and Courtois had a go at him it speaks volumes I thought it was interesting that he actually did say it there was a very unusual comment to come out with publicly so you do wonder about where Gareth Bale's uh, placement is in the dressing room guys that wraps up another fascinating fun interesting I don't know that I expected us to go where we went to 
get episode of the Gagan Pod. Reminder, if you've listened to us on Wednesday, Arvo, we've got fabulous Champions League and Europa League action on Thursday and Friday, including another Twitter stream on Friday morning, the Valencia vs Celtic return leg. And then it happens, football continues, massive, massive weekend, as we said, climaxing with Manchester United versus Liverpool. Quick tips or predictions, guys, what you're most looking forward to over the next five days? You know what I'm going to say, what you just said. And what's your the tip? The big game, obviously, United. Yeah, I would I'd be unoriginal and say the same. That's that's a standout fixture. And I want to see City smash Chelsea in the League Cup. Oh, thanks. Brilliant. I I just want I'm fascinated to see who Chelsea's manager is on Monday or by the time we do our next podcast. I really don't know, and that's the way it's going at the moment. Thanks everyone for your company. There is so much football for you to tuck into on Optus Sport. So as ever, until the next Gagan Pod, enjoy your football. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.